pasa la juca si no le voy a dar con esa. Y el pum 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 Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We got a uh, fun show planned for you guys tonight. Uh, a lot of high school news and, and standings and rankings that we want to get into. And our very own Danielle out live on location with the San Antonio Slayers. What's up, girls? So we'll get, uh, we'll get it with them here in just a little bit and talk a little bit of indoor soccer here in, in San Antonio. Uh, but first and, and foremost, want to welcome everybody. Danielle, good to have you back again uh, this evening for the show. We also have uh, an SAFC signing to get into. But uh, Rafa is uh, somewhere here in Texas. I never know, you know where Rafa's at. We need to start a new segment for that. But how are you doing tonight, Rafa? Good. Live from Killeen, Texas. I've been here since Monday. Uh, I'll be back in San Antonio tomorrow, and then I have two big events <laughs> Friday and Saturday. So, just rainy and cold, rainy and cold over here. Not a, not a good day, but it's better productive day. San Antonio. Huh? It's the same weather in San Antonio. Here. <laughs> I'm glad. I, at least it's not snowing over here. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good thing. Danielle just getting her voice back from the laryngitis still, so we'll just bear with her, you know, as we try and understand what she's saying. I don't know what you're talking about. This is my sexy telephone voice. <laughs> my side hustle as a 900 operator. Do they still have those? I, I'm sure they do. They make a lot of money. <laughs> High school show, guys. High school show. So uh, moving right along. Harry, how are you doing tonight, bud? Well, that's where I got in trouble with those numbers. <laughs> I just thrown the entire show but, off. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm doing well here. As like I said, here fun time with the kids uh, uh, this weekend. Not as fun as you, you know, playing the the pickup soccer game. Uh, sounds like I missed a, a fun game uh, uh, out there at uh, the location. But uh, one of these times, we're going to have to get all four of us out there to you know see who who's who uh, of the SA uh, roundtable. Hey, I told him. I told him next week I was bringing an official and uh, a coach. So um, you know, bring out the VAR. We had some issues out there with some of the calls, but no, it was a, a great time uh, for the, the the pickup games that we've gotten going. Uh, we had about twenty two out there this past, and even uh, one of the players from Bandera High School. So we're getting uh, some competition out there as, as things are starting to heat up. But moving right along, let's get into it with uh, our San Antonio Slayers. Danielle, do you want to handle uh, an introduction with uh, our special guest for tonight? I will. So I'm excited. We've got the San Antonio Slayers, and I'm live from Soccer Zone Live Oak, the Upper Deck Sports Bar area, so you can get a drink and watch a game. And I am going to turn it right over to them so you can see their lovely faces. <laughs> There we go. All right. So I'm going to have them introduce themselves and tell a little bit about where they played soccer. So we'll start with Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan Garcia. Um, I played soccer with uh, Samba over the summer. Hi, Allison Fahey. I played for Athenians uh, and now I play for SA Slayers indoor. Hi, I'm Isabel Hernandez. Um, I played for Sting San Antonio Club. I played for Madison High School. All right, and we'll be talking to uh, some Madison High School here in just a little bit. So just remember, Rafa was the one that did the rankings if you don't like where you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think the law stopped you too far. Maybe that's why he's in Colleen tonight. <laughs> it's in Colleen. <laughs> Rayanne, so, go ahead, Scott. I was just going to you take over. I, I, I got to jump in there with Rayanne first because I, I know she's a keeper and, and one of the most talented goalkeepers that I've seen here in, in San Antonio and everything. And I'm just curious, you know, we talked about it a little bit uh, on our show last week, but from your perspective, having played, you know, semi-professionally and stuff like that there in the women's game outdoor and now indoor, what's it like from the goalkeeper position kind of preparing it and your mindset for indoor versus outdoor? Um, so the difference between it all is just there's more action. So it's more reaction time than it's just you always have to be on your toes with everything. So the game can turn in just one goal, one just long ball. I mean, yes, there's a three-line rule, but it only applies to certain times. But it's just – it's a lot of reaction. It's a lot faster pace. Um, and I think there's a lot of just – if you dive, it's get back right, right back up. So can you explain to us what the three-line rule is? So the three-line rule is set just because there's no offsides. So because there's no offsides, it's kind of you basically have a person on the goalkeeper at all times. And if somebody hits the ball over there, I mean, it's an easy goal. It's always easy. So the three-line rule is there. So if you uh, if you are behind one of the lines and you try to hit it all the way over to the front, that's the violation. Um, so in order to kind of – not really. It prevents it. It prevents it. It prevents that long chipping Absolutely. And also joining us here, Allison Fahey. And I, I know she's a, a familiar face for everybody here in San Antonio and, and right now focused on your indoor season there with SA Slayers. And you guys have just been dominating the competition, not to take anything away from the teams that you've played. But what's it been like for you playing there with SA Slayers? Like, how is it different? It's um, a lot of fun. You're playing with girls of all ages. It doesn't matter. It's the skill talking on the field. So it's just forming another connection and faster pace. Like Ryan said, you have to have like really good soccer IQ and know where you're going to go with the ball and just reaction time again. It's never ending. It's go, go, go. So, a lot of fun. Not a lot of good bonds. So. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and I know sometimes that's just as important, you know, with that on the field relationship that you guys build with each other and everything. And, you know, we've seen that just in, some of the new teams forming here in San Antonio and stuff like that. So what's it been like just a getting to play again with some of those former teammates and stuff like that and kind of reconnecting? It's a lot of fun reconnecting, but again, it's forming soccer, such a big community and getting to see all these girls play and their different skills and learning from them. Honestly, like, it's a lot of fun. It's a great time. That's awesome. I'm excited to get be able to get out there to a match and, and see you play again. And I know you just mentioned it. It's a perfect segue into our third guest here. Uh, Izzy, still a sophomore there at Madison High School. You know, you talk about all ages being on the team and, and letting your play speak on the field and all that good stuff. How did you get involved with the uh, SA Slayers there, Izzy? Um. Yeah, well, well, it just started. Marilyn saw me one time playing Thursdays, and she's like, oh, she had potential. I was like, yeah, I want to try something different with different girls. And it's a lot, it's been a lot of fun playing with different people, different style of play. And yeah. I'm still waiting for my call up from the uh, Sunday league, you know, to make it, make it big. So <laughs> go ahead, Danielle. 
how do you think it's helped you um, in playing high school, playing outdoor? Well, yeah, um, like quicker touches on the ball help, like playing faster, playing feet instead of playing long all the time. Mm -hmm. And like it just helps, like with the pace of the play and everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, go ahead. I'm sorry, I can't see you, Danielle. So, (laughs) it's a lot smaller space, right? So, you have to play a lot more confidently. How has it helped just kind of build your confidence a little bit in terms of, you know, your ability and everything with your footwork? Um, well, like, you get to, you get used to it. So, like, it's much easier, like, you feel confident more on the ball with your skills. And, like, you can practice more. And, like, Yeah, it's just easier, like, with practice. He takes everything, like, practice and, like, yeah. Communication is a really big thing for indoor, too. You have to know when you can turn, when someone's on your back. And communication in general for soccer is such a such a big key. So everything you learn in here, you incorporate outdoor, and it's just the flow of the game comes easier. Quicker passes, quicker touches. Danielle? So I am going to ask Rand because some of our friends, so hi, <laughs> um, may not be as familiar with the outdoor rules. So Rand, do you want to share a little bit about the subbing rules? For indoor? For indoor? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, really, it's, really, it's a really fast type of, uh, as Allison had put it earlier, saying hockey, um, because it's always on the go. So if, if, if I need to come out, which is... Hopefully never. It has to be such a quick transition and just it's so fast. Uh, the only difference is that we just don't hop over the wall. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> so completely subbing on the fly. Now we're all familiar with red cards and yellow cards, but they have blue cards. Who wants to talk about that? I don't even know. I think it's like you get a first like few. Uh, verbal warnings and then the blue card is what two minutes two minutes minutes. you go down a player on the field so it's so you're basically in like a penalty box or the sin bin as like europe (laughs) is calling it now yeah Yeah. so who's gotten the most blue cards on the team you guys act like you aren't too familiar with those (laughs) we've had one and that's it okay spill who was it who was it i'm sorry it was what did she do it was against Houston, too. Yeah. So I think what had happened, it was just, it was one of those weird little accidental fouls. And, I mean, the refs were not the best. Um, so it was just kind of like, I mean, it was home for it. So I think it was just like a little, like, like a hard nudge off the ball. And she instantly was just like, the ball for <laughs> so we were down. <laughs> and so that's a next great segue. So tell us a little bit about Houston. Um, the first time you played them, what what happened? What was the score or some of the things that you got what that occurred? Um, so we ended up winning four to three. Mm-hmm. Um it was very good away. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was very we were down two oh. And then it was 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3, and then 4-3. Yeah. So it was anyone's game. It came down to the wire, and it was – it's going to be a great game Saturday. Yeah. And they're your biggest competition, right, because they're the closest game you've had in the league. So far. There's a so team far. up in Austin. 
Do you guys play the All-Stars team yet? We have not. Not okay. yet. The, from, my, from my understanding, do they have a team? They do. Is it a put-together? Yeah. In the league? Okay. Yeah. Listen, they just need five players and a keeper, right? It's easy enough to get into Austin. Um, <laughs> so it was a close game, and hopefully we'll get a lot more goals. And we need to cheer our girls on. So if you're not doing anything on Saturday, come out and cheer them up. <laughs> Listen, uh, this is a step above the, I've got this old camera tripod. I'm not used to this. I'm used to the one on the laptop. Um, so come out and see them and make sure you're out here. This is going to be a great game, great opportunity to see our girls play. And as we're getting ready for all the summer leagues, this is a great way to kind of start getting into it. So I'll put it back on them. It's better stationary. Another thing that I was really intrigued by is that it's four 15-minute quarters. Mm -hmm. so it's a long, good game. And so it's that really... it, has that team versus Houston kind of been y'all's biggest test so far then? I know it sounds like you guys had to come back. You faced some adversity. How, how did you guys manage that, Allison? Coming from a veteran like yourself, you know, how do you help try and, like, lead these girls? Those girls were big. Those <laughs> girls are big. We got pushed around. We got knocked down, but we kept fighting. And in the end, we came out with the win. And it was, you don't stop until that last whistle blows and you give it all you got. And we gave it all we got. And we're going to do that again Saturday. So. That's awesome. And Izzy, just coming from like your perspective, I know you're one of the younger players on the team and everything, and you really haven't had an opportunity to play with older girls. How has just some of that mentorship taken place, you know, and helped you both on and off the field? Well, yeah, you learn things from like older girls like them. And I, it really helped me because like I didn't see like a head of like from like my age and like just looking at them, just like mentors and like just really helped me improve my game. That's awesome. And Allison, I know we uh, had the chance to talk to Marlene and we didn't have the chance to get you on with her, but she wanted to send her love to you and everything. And she talked about, you know, what an awesome friendship that you guys were able to make. So I, I definitely wanted to mention that as well. Marlene is doing it. She is making all of us proud here in San Antonio. In Houston, like, she is just everyone that plays soccer in the women's community. She's making us so proud. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. <laughs> she is. And, and I love it. I love it. All of you girls are just paving that path, you know, for the next generation and everything else. And that's what she talked about for her younger sisters and for, you know, other athletes there like Izzy and everything else. You know, you guys are setting that bar and we're just so proud of you and everything that you guys have accomplished from that first year there that you played with Athenians to where things are now and, and playing indoor. And I, I just love seeing the number of teams and, and women's soccer grow here in San Antonio. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate all the support and love. Of course. I can't wait to get out there and see you guys again. I know y'all uh, torch me on the field, but we're not going to talk about that today. And, uh, <laughs> a little friendly. I <laughs> I, you know what? I think we need we need to have like a media day with women's soccer and get all of us out there, either with the Slayers or Everything. like a WPSL match or something. Um, I hear we and Rafa have been unusually quiet, so... Rafa. I have a question. <laughs> that's, that's his question face. For all three, actually, uh, just okay. their opinion. Do you think San Antonio can have uh, handle having a, 
a first division women's professional team. Like an NWSL. Yeah. That, again, we get pushed around, we get knocked down, we get bumped, bruises, and we don't roll around. We hop right back up and we mm. go in for more. So women's soccer, I think there's potential for it, absolutely, no doubt. I would love to see that happen. What do you think? Do you think we have a shot to get one here? I think so. I really believe it. Um, with some of the people that, or some of the girls that we have on any given team, whether it's Alamosay, Athenians, Tamba, uh, or even in high school, um, we all we definitely have a big shot at it. You know. So if SAFC is watching this, you know, there's three players right there that we can sign right there to start the team. <laughs> <laughs> And Ellison, you kind of there might be on it something there. in the works with the USL on that, though. So uh, stay tuned on that. Uh, from what I've been hearing, Allison, you touched on it right there. That's one of the reasons why I love almost watching uh, some of the girls' high school games over watching some of the boys' high school games because you talk about the physicality and everything that's there in women's soccer, and there's no flopping or anything like that. It's like you almost want to stay up on your feet just to prove, you know, how tough and everything you are. So it's one of the great parts of the game. Well, Danielle, do we have any other questions? Or are we going to let these ladies get back to practice before their match on Saturday? Do we dare ask Izzy about the game last night? <laughs> I thought we were going to let her off the hook. We were going to let her off. Come on, Danielle. <laughs> okay. All right. So let me give you guys a quick tour and a quick look at everything. So you can kind of see the field. Um, indoor, it's that tight little area. And then the bar is the most important part is right over there. <laughs> um, and so we will say goodbye to our, our three lovely ladies and my awesome camera work. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Y'all looking forward to watching the match on Saturday. Please come out. Oh, yeah. I have... Um, Important criteria that I didn't give um, is, so a little bit more of the facts for the game is it's 8 o'clock on Saturday here. 7.30. Cause... Um, Instagram said 8 o'clock on their whatchamacallit, but I would get here at 7.30 to get a good seat. The seats, mm -hmm. I hear you and I can both attest to it. Um, go quickly. By good seat, you mean um, at the bar, at the level where you can see the field, just to clarify? Yeah. And this is, this yeah. is from the San Antonio Slayers, so I'm assuming it's from Sue. It's a $5 entry fee. Now, she did say for any human not wearing diapers, so... Infant. Any, in, any <laughs> infant wearing diapers is free if you are an adult in diapers. <laughs> or dog, or cat, or... <laughs> Or wear a diaper because you're so. you're impersonating the New Year's baby or Cupid. Sorry, you still have to pay, but any infant in diapers <laughs> is, is free. Um, a hundred percent of the proceeds from the merch. So they're selling Slayers T-shirts. They got a couple mm -hmm. different colors, um, and they're kind of baller. Um, I think it's such a tight logo. I know Marilyn designed it herself. 
Um, and it's not your typical soft, gentle woman. It's truly a warrior. And so um, anyone can wear it. Um, but 100% of the proceeds from the sale of the merch goes back to the team. So anything that you spend on merchandise will go directly back to the girls um, to support the team as they go on the road because it's a, a newer league. They have to travel to RGB, Houston, Austin. Um, they have food, they have booze, they have swag, they have jello shots. Um, so it's really, it's a really good atmosphere. Um, there's plenty of people here. So you've got that fun, awesome vibe. And I love that it's fast paced and plenty of rules. So, um, I think everyone should make it out, support the girls, kind of get, get a warm up to the summer season. Um, and it's indoors. You don't need to wear, wear a scarf or layers. It's nice. And just, just to kind of set this up, I know we're kind of talking about this week going against Houston. Um, but they also play the 29th the following week as well against uh, the team from Austin. And looking at the standings, um, uh, Houston's actually in last place. Uh, they've only played two matches. Um, but Austin's in, in second place. So I haven't only played two matches. But uh, um, so it'll, it'll be an interesting to see how it works out between um, this week with San Antonio going against Houston next week against Austin. Um, who, who will probably put up a little bit more uh, competition than, than RGV did uh, for the here. And the beers are pretty reasonable. It's not like going to Toyota Field. You can get a pretty good beer. Our tenders are nice. Danielle's a little mean, but, you know, hey, that's Danielle. <laughs> but I'm not repping this match, so we're okay. <laughs> Let Danielle live a little. <laughs> and they have a DJ, so uh, typically, well, last, last game they had a DJ, so we'll see if they have another one this, you know, this week here. It's a lot of fun. All right. We're getting into the uh, non-drinking age soccer news that we wanted to cover for tonight. We've reached the uh, the midway point here for district play for our uh, San Antonio high school soccer. And uh, we're going to get to uh, Rafa's power rankings here in, in just a little bit. But kind of wanted to uh, set that up here with, with just the standings first to kind of let you guys know where, where everything sits before getting into those power rankings and why we felt like some of those teams deserve to be where they were. So we'll start us off here uh, with the 26 6A boys. And uh, we got the, the standings right there. Uh, Shirts Clemens kind of leading the pack in this one, Rafa. Why don't you uh, let us know your thoughts uh, on this bracket? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of expected Clemens to be on top. You know, they had a good showing last year. So, like I said, they were going to, I think they were my third to win the district. Then you have the Brothos Canyon right after them. So the surprise is San Marcos. <laughs> Believe it or not, San Marcos is a surprise. They're third place. They're in the playoff hunt, and so is Smithson Valley. Um, so we'll see what happens between Brothos, Smithson Valley, San Marcos, who gets the final two playoff spots for that district. Yeah. Hey, Ralph, I have a qu question here for you. Sure. Um, why do some teams play, you know, like, you know, it looks like New Braunfels, uh, Canyon and, and Clemens have played around 15 games. And yet you've got other teams that have only played, you know, around 10, like San Marcos. Why is there such a discrepancy between the, the games played? Is that just, you know, tournaments, you know, invited to? or uh, That has to do with the coaches staff as far as picking games. Um, I know you're, you have a certain limit of games you can play before district play. And then they have to total up whatever district games you have. They can't exceed. So, you know, some of the teams that maybe 
have less less games, probably schedule more non-district single games and going to tournaments because they're, they're actually allowed to do three tournaments and you have to sacrifice uh, like a non-conference game, like a non-district game where you go to two tournaments, you can play one or two. It just depends on the amount. You don't want to see a certain amount of games for the year. So that's probably why the, there's a discrepancy with some of the games they play. And that's why you really the emphasis is on the district uh, results, not necessarily mm-hmm. just the overall results, because the district ones are the ones that matter for playoff. So moving along now to the uh, 26-6A girls, uh, this one, uh, you got a few other teams that are kind of close there leading the pack. Why don't you tell us what you think about this district, Rafa? Uh, this for District 26, 6A for girls, it's 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 going to be a dogfight. It's a four-team race, as you can tell by the you know by the standings. And any of those four can probably end up becoming the district champ. So far, right now, the Canyon girls and the Brothels girls are leading the pack. But you know, you have Steel and you have uh, Spencer Valley within striking distance. So you know, those, I expect probably those four teams to make the playoffs. It's probably going to come down to the last couple games to see who ends up winning the district title for them. Absolutely. So moving on now to the uh, 26-5A boys, you got Bernie Champion uh, leading the pack with uh, San Antonio McCollum nipping at their heels. Uh, Bernie Champion, like I said, they're the classic of that district. I expected them to win that district with kind of with ease. But the surprise, like I said, it's been McCollum. I know they're bouncing back from last year's season. Another surprise is Wagner. Wagner's not a soccer power, and, you know, they're in the hunt. Oh, you know, they're trying to get that second-place seating. And then you have Harlandale, who's been a, a perennial, you know, soccer, you know, playoff team. And I think recently I think their coach just won their 200th uh, game as a, as a head coach for, the, for them, for Harlandale. So congrats to him. And But, you know, you saw teams like Memorial – within striking distance for that last playoff spot. So I think the last playoff spot is probably going to come down to either Harlandale Memorial, maybe Veterans Memorial sneaks one in. But I believe Champions going to win the district. Gotcha. And speaking of Bernie and Ch- Bernie Champion, even over on the girls' side for the 26-5A, uh, they're leading the pack there on the girls' side as well. Walk us through the uh, 26-5A standings. Yeah, Bernie Champions, uh, they're on, on their own. You know, I, I expect them to – to win the district, and also I think I I, I can see them making to the regional tournament. And, you know, probably the only team that's maybe competed in has been Verner's Memorial. You know, they they're going to be uh, tough to beat also in the district. And then yeah, Harlandale was was been in the playoffs the last few years. Uh, Wagner, like I said, the group Wagner girls. That's another surprise there. In the fight with with Kerrville Tyvee. I know they have a two game, kind of like a two game lead, so I ex- I expect those four to pretty much to remain the same for the season to get into the playoffs. All right, now moving on to uh, District Twenty Seven, we have our Six A boys that we kind of labeled the uh, group of death almost. Um, San Antonio Lee still leading the pack there in, in district play with you know that that win over Churchill, but uh, Churchill and Reagan also uh, still in the mix. Yeah, Lee, I think they're going to start start to pull away. I know they're going to start the second round of that district. Um, I think if they knock off Churchill and they knock off Reagan, they're going to win the district championship. I'll, you know, I don't think anybody will catch up to them. Um, Churchill's turned things around. 
Like I said, don't count them out because, you know, maybe I think they might have learned from that game they lost, that 2 0 loss with Lee. You know, I could, I could smell an upset if they catch Lee on a, in a bad game. Uh, those scholars have been you know, working hard. I don't think he's leading this. I think the city with, with 20 goals, I think, for that district. So Lee's got a good shot. Reagan, it's a surprise. They've been struggling. But I, I do expect him to make the playoffs. And then the last, last four, the last, the number four playoff spot, it's going to come down to Johnson or Roosevelt. So I'm going to give the edge a little bit to, uh, to Johnson you know, to get in that last spot for 26, for 27-6A. Go ahead, Danielle. So side note, one of the things that really excites me about Reagan is I love that for their boys team, their assistant coach is a female who she's the head coach of the JV team. Um, I just think that's so, I'm going to say badass. I love it. I, um, I think it's incredible. It takes a lot of boldness um, to do it. And she is doing a fantastic job. Um, and she's very knowledgeable and technical. So um, I think it's awesome. And I just want to give her a shout out and to Reagan for um, being a leader in that leading the way and hiring women's coaches um, on the men's program because um, it doesn't happen a lot. So I just want that to be my little side note there. Perfect transition. Speaking of girls that are kicking ass, we've got the uh, 27 6A girls here uh, where we got a few teams that are, are some pretty strong powerhouses again, uh, even on their girls' side. Uh, Madison leading the pack even after that one loss that they had, uh, you know, on Monday. But walk us through the uh, 27 6A girls, Rafa. Well, well, Madison, that was a surprise of the loss last night. A little heartbreaker to Johnson. Back, and I think, I think the, the district championship. Now, Churchill might have saved something to say about that, you know. Now they have, like I said, they're only game behind. Mm-hmm. So that Churchill Madison game is going to be the, probably going to be the district championship game right there. Um, but also, you also have Lee within that striking distance. So I think Madison Churchill Lee, one of those three, is going to end up with the district championship. But I'm going to give the edge. I think Madison's going to learn and do great things, and we'll see what they do in the playoffs. You know, uh, I'm looking forward to see. They can do maybe against Austin Westlake or like Travis. That's, that's going to be a good matchup. And so before um, we went on air, we were talking a little bit to Izzy about the match. And she said that, you know, that they've learned from it. They were doing a lot of long balls. And she said they needed to play more defeat. And so I would expect that to change because they are good. They're very, they're all very good at their feet with the ball at their feet. So I would expect that to change in the next match they go into. Um, and you can see you can see some of that that they've learned um, from it, and they've grown. And she did, was not happy, so you know that they'll they'll all be getting that back. And um, I don't think we mentioned it, but Izzy does play central mid as a sophomore for Madison. So they, did, they, did Johnson play the park the bus on them? You mentioned it uh, like that. One counter attack. <laughs> she said they scored on a set the bus but uh yeah they had a set piece and they they put it in and she said it was you know the one the one mistake they had of the game and um the other team capitalized on it that might be the strategy i think to beat them um because seeing that they're straight up attack but 
if you have a good team that counterattacks really well, you know, you might be able to sneak one in. And like mm-hmm. I said, it took a one-zero win got got Johnson the win, you know, the win. So, you know, maybe make some adjustments. So it's going to be interesting. Like I said, with the second round for that for that. Bit. Could you see any of the top three dropping out and having Reagan and Johnson move up? Because it seems like you got a pretty there's mm-hmm. five quality teams. Right. Well, that's four mm-hmm. spots. That fourth spot, I think, is going to come down to Reagan and Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think whoever wins that game is probably going to have the inside track to get that fourth playoff spot. But like I said, Johnson's got got confidence knocking off Madison. So who knows? You know, that one game could spark up a winning streak. Spark a run. You know, spark a run. And, and that's, I think, I can kind of tell you something experience that that's happened to me when I coached my first year for varsity in Del Rio, you know, we lost our first district game. And then then we learned from that. We ended up going undefeated, you know, 13 games, you know, 13 game winning streak. So I said that one little game could spark something for them. So, but it's, it's going to be a dog fight for that district, but but I still think Madison's going to win the district. Yeah. So moving on now to the uh, 27-5A boys, uh, we got Alamo Heights, who is uh, currently in, in first place, but Jefferson also uh, with six wins and, and just the one loss. What do you expect from this uh, 27-5A boys? Uh, Alamo Heights has the edge. I've seen them play class act. They're great, great kids. They can touch the ball, um, a lot of possession. Uh, I know most of them because I've coached some of them before. Um so they, they have it, but the thing is they have really good chemistry and, and that's what it takes a team. And I think they're also a hungry team. I think they, I think they were kind of a little embarrassed for losing in the first round last year. So they're basically on a mission to go to get to the, not only to the regional tournament, but to get to state. But Jefferson, Jefferson's on their heels. Like I said, they had a two loss, two zero loss to Alamo Heights. So that game on March 7th and the, uh, at Alamo Heights in the morning, I think it's going to be at 11 a.m. That's probably going to be the district championship game right there. You know, if Alamo Heights wins that, they'll win the all right championship. If not, Jefferson might end up tying it with them. Um, Lanier and Edison, they're probably going to battle for that third spot. Uh, Don't be be surprised if Burbank sneaks in. You know, they have a chance also to get into the playoffs as well. Lanier and Edison are both really strong teams, really great teams. Edison has an incredible defense, and Lanier, their forward, has just some incredible speed. Talk about breakaways, one-on-ones with the keeper. Um, I mean, that's a great transition team where um, come up for – come back to defend, get that long ball, and um, and he's off to the races. So he is just – some phenomenal skills, some phenomenal yeah. speed. Well, I actually um, saw him play, Sam play against uh, Alamo Heights. He's got a lot of speed, but Alamo Heights actually neutralized them. They they kept them in check. Yeah, I don't think he even touched the ball, you know, or even a shot on goal. So I think they figured figured him out. But like I said, that guy can probably score a hat trick if he's, he gets on a little hot little. Mm-hmm. So and then Edison's got a good defense because I'm I, I know that most of the players on there. You know, there should make, like I said, I expect probably those four teams to do, make, make the playoffs, you know, for, for this mm-hmm. upcoming year. And also now for the uh, 27 5A girls team, we've seen that Alamo Heights team play uh, as well against uh, some 6A schools. Um, 
but they're currently leading their division, a uh, 6-0-1-0 undefeated in district. What do you expect here uh, from the uh, girls' side for 27-5-8? Uh, for Alamo Heights girls, they're just going to pull. They're going to win the district championship. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see anybody in that district competing against them. You know, they've been blowing out teams left and right. Um, they're going to be. They're my favorite to win the region. Mm-hmm. I think. I think they got to get to state. But there's a, probably another team in another district we'll, we'll talk about in a bit that might have a say about that, mm-hmm. uh, which we actually got to see see them play on Saturday. So which we'll, we'll see them a bit, talk about it. <laughs> and I think there. that. But, and I think the nice thing with Alamo Heights is they have some depth too. So they have a nice bench, which is something that you need to go into playoffs, especially as some of these games are are quick turnarounds or if any injuries. So they have a nice bench as well. Yeah, and then plus they had a really tough non-district schedule, so they're battle-tested. So, mm-hmm. you know, they saw them play against Reagan. That's basically like a state championship caliber game. I know they lost that game, but they, you know, they bounce back and they learn from that. It's just preparing them for that long, that long playoff run. Uh, maybe the only might contend with them is maybe Bernie Champion. That's going to be a really good game if they run into the playoffs. But there's another, like I said, there's another team that's winning in the wings, which we'll talk about. Uh, Jefferson, Burbank, Breckenridge, I'm sure they're probably going to make the playoffs. You know, there should be, should be no problem getting in. Edison maybe try to sneak in uh, at the, you know, towards the end if they can get some quality wins. All right, so moving right along now, let's do the uh, 28-6A girls first. Um, so we're looking at 28-6A girls, San Antonio Clark right now, uh, still undefeated in district play, and a, a Brandeis squad right behind them. What do you see going on for the uh, 28-6A girls, Rafa? Uh, Clark, like I said, I, I actually got to see them play a few weeks ago. Great team. They had a great chemistry, really good forwards. Um, it's going to be interesting when they play Brandeis again. I think that's probably going to be your district championship game. Uh, we'll see if, uh, what Brandeis does. Maybe they'll bounce back from that loss. So, you know, I could see them tying for the district title, but it's a little edge towards Clark because they have, you know, because they have really good chemistry on that team. Uh, O'Connor, I'm sure they'll get in the mix, get that third spot. Um, and then that fourth spot's going to be a dogfight between uh, Brennan and Taff. You know, there's one game, be- uh, Taff's one game behind, but I think I think the Brennan girls are going to end up by getting that fourth playoff spot you know, for, for this season. And I believe – Clark and Brandeis play this Friday. So that's always a fantastic game. Um, I think that game is better than a lot of the boys matches. Um, Brandeis comes with some physicality. Uh, Clark comes with some good possession. They move the ball really well amongst their teammates. Um, And so that should be a really good match. So if you're looking for something to do, I'm pretty sure it's this Friday. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. So let us know online. Um, But that should be an awesome game to watch. All right. So moving on to the uh, 28-6A boys here. Uh, I know it's one of our... um, Top 10 teams on the uh, 6A boys' side, Rafa, but walk us through the uh, division here for the uh, 28-6A boys. Well, the, the surprise of the year is, is, is Marshall. You know, Marshall is the surprise team. They've, they've just been on a hot streak. You know, they're just cutting along in that like, strong district. They're still undefeated in district. They're in first place. Um, it's, it's there to lose, you know, 
for that district championship. I know I know Warren's right kind of right behind them, um, but I, I could see Marshall winning the district championship. Um, they got to get a couple games. They'll probably pull away because I do see Warren with a lot of ties. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help you. You know, you need more. You need more wins. So I'll have Marshall as my pretty much my district champion, and they're going to be the sleeper team. And the teams in 27-6A better kind of watch out for them in, in that first-round playoff game. Uh, Warren's probably going to get into, uh, be in a dogfight with O'Connor for that second spot. And then my little, I'm a little disappointed with John Jay. I thought they were going to be contending this year, but they're still contending for, you know, a playoff spot. Yep. I know they're trying to find Brennan, so it's probably going to come down to Jay and Brennan for that last playoff spot. Yep. Uh, Clark, they're winning second districts within uh, striking distance and I think that if they can get a little kind of winning streak going, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they can get into the playoffs as well. Shout out to our former uh, podcast guest, John Henry Villalobos and his Clark team uh, doing it up uh, with with uh, some good strategies and good tactics. And I did confirm uh, Clark and Brian Dice is at uh, uh, Friday 7 o'clock game, so it's uh, after work, not the early one. Um, at the north side fields. I want to say it was field one. Uh, yeah, so not at Ferris. And uh, Clark won the first matchup 2-0, so this will, this will, should be a good return match. All right. Thank God that I have you, Harry. <laughs> I can't rely on my memory anymore. <laughs> I know. So moving on to the 28. I paid interned here. 28 5A boys, um, Southwest having an There's amazing some- year uh, right now. Uh, 9-0, also undefeated here in district play, and 16-0 uh, overall. So uh, walk us through this uh, this division and where you see kind of uh, for that last spot looks like it's going to be the only question here. Yeah, not, not the strongest district, you know, for 5A, but – I don't see anyone beating Southwest as far as in the district play, mm-hmm. uh, but that could hurt them in the playoffs. You know, I know last year they did make it to, to the regional semifinal. And then they ran into Valley View and Valley View just basically dismantled them. Um, so maybe, maybe that's the back of their mind and see, you know, so they they're prepared to learn from that. And, you know, I can, I can see them get it, make a run. Back to the regionals, it's, it's, it's going to be tough because, like I said, when you run into those Brownsville Valley teams, you know it's 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 going to be a dogfight for them. And hopefully, they are prepared for that. But I know the coaches are doing a good job working with the boys. Harlan, like I said, they're within uh, two games behind them, but I expect them to finish in second place. Um, Southside should get the third spot, and then Legacy um, just pull away from Eagle Pass, CC win. Um, for that four spot. So uh, for we have right now, the top four teams are going to probably end up making the playoffs for this year. All right. And uh, last but by no means least, our 28-5A girls. We got San Antonio Harlan leading the pack, uh, currently 8-0-0. What do you see happening here in this district? Uh, um, Harlan's going to win this district. And we saw, and we saw them on uh, Friday, and we know why. You know, they put nine goals on CC win and they those girls played an awesome game a lot of touches on the ball there's a lot of chemistry plus the team is very deep mm-hmm. and that's and that's going to help them in the playoffs and that's my sleeper team and I think I know they played Alamo Heights and they lost Alamo Heights 1-0 but I wouldn't be surprised if they play them again and they can get 
they're probably the team that can probably knock off Alamo Heights in the playoffs, maybe like in the third or fourth round if they see them this year. But Harness should win the district. Uh, surprises Medina Valley. You know, great record. You know, you know they should finish in second place. Uh, another surprise is Uvalde. You know, Uvalde's never been really strong with the girls' soccer, but they're having a good year. And then Southwest, um, they, they should probably they should get that fourth spot. I don't, I don't see the other teams in that in that district, you know, competing against. Is those the those bottom players. half of this division just real weak this year? Because I know you mentioned you know Medina Valley and Uvalde, but looking at just and I know just looking at the standings, mm-hmm. you know you can see a clear difference between the top four and, and the bottom. I think a lot has to do is just you know and it's just the play, the play. The girls are probably well, the teams are on top. I mean, proof is that Farland. You know, club soccer does make a difference. You know. Mm-hmm. A lot of these girls, like a Medina Valley and Harlem, are part playing club soccer offseason, so they're a little bit more better prepared. And I know me and Scott were watching the game against CC Win. They're out, they're out hustling them. I know Coach Richro, um, John, he mentioned that you know CC Win didn't have any speed; they weren't in good shape, and so that's that's what makes a difference. Having a good offseason and also playing offseason is going to help you, you know, get you get you prepared. They also didn't really have any subs, and so sometimes you wonder, mm-hmm. too, with some of these, especially the 5A schools. You know, I know Coach Rex wrote, mentioned it uh, there at Geneva School. You know, it's tough almost to even feel yeah. the team sometimes with just the number of players that come and try out and everything. So to give them credit, you know, yeah. you never know how much of that might have been a factor as well. But to your point, we'll talk about the Harlan girls here again in our power rankings, obviously, uh, just kind of what makes them so special. But like you said, they just have so many different ways to attack you. Uh, you know, they had probably three or four different girls score before someone even had a second goal uh, in that game. So, you know, just so many different talented players uh, across the field for them. All right, Rafa, Will, now drum roll, please, everybody. We've got uh, Rafa's 6A girl rankings. Uh, again, that's at SA underscore Crimson underscore Idol for all the ats if you want to uh, – Get at him and tell him what he did right or what he did wrong. But Hit him up. Let's roll out these rankings here for the uh, 6A girls. Walk us through it, buddy. All right. Well, we'll get those posted up on our social media channels uh, tomorrow. Go ahead, Danielle. And just a reminder, these are keywords Rafa's rank. <laughs> the rest of us, we are we are bleeding on this, so all comments can be directed to <laughs> Mr. Rafa C, who, by the way, did we mention his cameo in the lineup at the SAFC versus FC Dallas game? Yes. Did we mention he is now a celebrity? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, you had your picture taken with the starting 11. I think that's good enough. That'd be good. It'd make me an assistant coach. You know, I'll, I'll I thought that. you were. Did you not get the track jacket? We talked about this last <laughs> week. I'm missing, I'm missing the Nike track. <laughs> I know. The one that Sean had two weeks ago. Yes. I need to know where I can get that. Yeah. Uh, so soccer factory needs to sell them right away. So, so uh, Rafa, I do have a question here for you, though. How close, let's say, you know, are, you know, on the girls and, and the boys as well, 
the number ones from 5A to 6A, how close are they? Or is there like a huge gap? Or, you this know, could be directed if you were to kind of rank, who would be number one between, you well, know, combined together? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be Madison. I mean, Madison's got a great team. I mean, they're, they're just awesome, you know. Um, I know Alamo Heights is a good team, too. You know, we like I said, in Scott song player against Reagan, and they actually lost to Reagan, but, you know, it's, 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 the gap's not too big because any of those teams could be, you know, whether it's 5A or 6A, you know, imagine them being in the same district. It's going to be a dogfight. They can all compete against each other. So the gap's not that that big. Maybe with someone with the other teams or from the other districts, like from 20, like 20, 28-5A, you know, there's, there's like a little gap there, but – you know, the, you're, you expect the elite teams to get into the playoffs, and those, that's who I have, you know, going in my top tens for both 6A and 5A. And again, thank you, Rafa. I know we joke about putting everything on you, but I, I think those are some very yeah. impressive rankings. And, you know, after you kind of posted those in the group, it got me a little bit excited. And, you know, I think you could make a valid point for uh, everything that you have there. And it's not just taking yeah. a look at my essay and copying it over, you know, their actual – our rankings for uh, what's going on right now here in San Antonio. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of comes the rankings if they you know, they may ask because I do look at strength of schedule. You know, I I want to see who you've played and who you before played. district. You know, if you're playing a bunch of cream puffs, <laughs> fighting words. You know, yeah. I mean, you can only play who's on your schedule. This but is the playoff, baby. Play. baby. We got right? this, this, this isn't college football here. You know, <laughs> it only matters how you do in district. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Strength of schedule does come as a play because I remember when I when I coached at Del Rio, we didn't play cream puffs. One thing we made sure is we played teams that was going to get us ready for district. And what we did is we played teams out west like in Milan, Odessa, we played a lot of physical teams. So when we got to district play and we actually played at the Northside district those two years, you know, we were the bully. We out physical every team in that district. They did not like playing us because we pushed them around. They like playing that little finesse soccer. We played both. We played physical and finesse. And, and that's, and that's why, you know, some of the rankings, you know, as why is an undefeated team not number one? Well, it goes back to strength of schedule. You know, if you schedule tougher teams and you knock them off, you got Bronzo Porter, you got you got um, uh, Lopez and Veterans Memorial. Those teams are state caliber teams that won state championships. And then the six A, you got Hannah, you got Rivera. This mm-hmm. I'm sure playing up there northeast that tournament northeast helped them get ready for those for those type of games. Yeah, and we talked to Coach Rogers about that. We talked to the Alamo Heights coach, you know, at that that game that we saw there for their girls about how important that is for some of those teams to get ready for district play. But before we wrap up the show, there was some uh, exciting news here for San Antonio FC. And, and Rafa, you also just mentioned it there that we may not have mentioned at the top of the show, but um, Central Catholic advancing 3-2 uh, to, to their fourth state championship in four years. 
Jose Gallegos doesn't know what it's like to not go to a state championship. Not very many high school athletes can say that. Uh, but Antonian unfortunately lost uh, 1-0 uh, in their semifinal match. I, I know that's another uh, not record-setting season for them, but you know they've only previously made it that far once. Um, so, so great job there to Coach Augie and a lot to be proud of for those girls from that season. Uh, but Harry, some, some exciting news for San Antonio FC, adding another defender. Uh, we talked about depth, so, uh, you know, being needed for San Antonio FC. And I know that's a topic that we'll get into probably next week and, and discuss a little bit more. What did you think about that signing? Do you think it kind of helps address some of those issues that we discussed when it comes to how deep they go in their roster? Oh, I think it's it's big. They signed uh, defender Mitchell Tainter uh, from Sac Republic. Uh, I want to say the last two years he's uh, I think he played or started sixty six matches. Um, so he's been a regular starting for Sac Republic, which has you know been a pretty good team. Uh, I like like him. He's what six one six two a buck eighty five. Uh, so if you put him and Colin Montgomery, uh, depending on how long that column stays in, in San Antonio, because he's the FC Dallas Loney. Uh, you got you got to you know unlike last year you got some height in, in the middle of, of the back line so uh, it'll be interesting um, I know San Antonio FC is off to uh, Orlando uh, to play Orlando FC this week and in a closed door session so uh, hopefully uh, we'll get uh, you know a little bit of action you know uh, behind you know for that here and then uh, next week uh, next Friday they come back and, and play RGV. Uh, Friday afternoon uh, in another closed door. So season's getting here. And Tuesday, uh, we got we're what, a little bit over two weeks. Uh, Jersey reveal. Yeah, I think it's what the 25th, 26th. It is Tuesday, the 25th. High 25th. school soccer day. Yeah, there was a lot of people that uh, were unhappy with the day uh, um, for that here, but outside of it being on a Monday or Wednesday. Monday. Wednesday, Wednesday, but that's also wine. That's also wine Wednesday. So I need to make a comment about the SAFC signing today because I think the soccer gods heard my prayers because we have replaced, we have replaced ever Guzman with this handsome fella. Um, and so I'm okay. Because the blue eyes guy from Argentina. I know he is fantastic, but I mean, I'm even, I even like him. Harry. Hello, are you seeing this, Harry? I'm not yeah, going to ask you because I don't really about question anyone's Sorry. manhood. <laughs> but uh, I like a little bit of that roughness. But um, I just want to say, um, <laughs> I also think, so going back to my, um, I'm a dooming agent for any SAFC player that I think should return. I am truly getting the feeling from LaHood's social media that he will not be joining SAFC. I think he's been in different cities. He's been traveling. No pictures with the team. Um, definitely not doing team things. So I guess if we're not going to bring back a single player that I've mentioned on this pod that I'd like to see return, <laughs> at least they gave me some eye candy to look at. Um, and hopefully all the eye candy can be on the field at the same time. So Tim Holt, uh, from me to you, thank you. <laughs> on that note, let's get into our uh, final <laughs> thoughts for the evening. Uh, Ruffles. Yeah, I don't know how you can move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> what transition can you use for that? 
So, Rafa, what do you think, bud? Final thoughts? Uh, give it a go. Uh, final thought, well, I just found out that uh, Central Catholic is going to be playing El, pa- El Paso Cathedral in the state final for the boys. So good luck to the to the buttons uh, coming up. Um, also, there's a, some girls soccer team, the San Antonio Christian, mm-hmm. made it to the Division II state championship. They're playing against Christian, Christian School from Grapevine. And then we have another kind of San Antonio area team, uh, John Paul II from Shirts. Girls are playing in the Division Three championship against the Covenant School from Dallas. So good luck to all three teams. On their TMI, have you seen the result from that one? That was kind of the one that I was still trying to wait to come across. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from TMI yet. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll update that on our Twitter feed. So you know, or anybody knows that scores, shoot us a tweet. You know, we'll, we'll post that on there. You know, for you know, for you know, to get inform everybody about the game. But good luck to for those three teams coming up, and hopefully we have a four team. Absolutely. So, uh, Harry, moving on to you, buddy. What do you have for your final thoughts for tonight? Won the entire USL championship last year. So uh, we're going to need everybody out there for that game. You know, they're going to be a solid team. Uh, They are two teams, so there's a little bit of transition. But, you know, they're, they're, you know, Crocketeers, 210. Uh, Mission City, like I said here, let, let's make that, let's kick the season off right. Absolutely. And Chant practice, chant practice too. Where was that? What two social media was that on? Uh, so Mission City Firm, I think, sent something out, but I've seen where the Crocketeers okay. shared it as well. So uh, on Sunday, it's a supporters video, actually, that they're going to be recording uh, that we'll be sure to uh, share as well. Um. I think the beer is kicking in and I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I do. Big news. Um, so the Copa Tejas logo was revealed the other day. We are super excited. We have been working on it for a year. Annalie Diego um, did some phenomenal work. I love it, love it, love it. Um, so if you haven't followed at Copa Tejas, um, we made it real complicated for you. At Copa Tejas. Um, hop on there, check out the new logo. Um, and as soon as I get off the phone, I'm going to go put my bed together and put a couch together because I just moved all my furniture into my new house. So I will be spending the first night in the new house, which I'm a little nervous and weirded out about because I've lived in my current place for five years. So (laughs) slightly creep central. Well, I guess for my final thoughts, uh, looking forward to the uh, San Antonio Slayers game. Uh, I think the last indoor game I was probably at was the Dallas Sidekicks. So uh, I'm excited to uh, catch an indoor soccer match uh, on Saturday. Which version? Which version? Like the the new the ones that's what started this year or like previous years? Dallas Sidekicks go back to like 1980 something, dude. With tattoo. Yeah. But I'm excited to check out the uh, San Antonio Slayers and, and get back into uh, some indoor soccer. I've been waiting for a, an indoor team here in San Antonio for quite a while. Um, real quick, shout out to Sue Borst, who is watching us live. Hey, Sue. This has been another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out.